When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin. The only problem you're gonna have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is gonna go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street back with a special draft act, NBA draft podcast today at the behest of Albert. And we tease this. I believe we are going to do our first big board episode. I know, you know, I've been, Albert's been, been messaging me, stressed him out a little bit, but uh, we're going to get through it together. My name is Corey Talba. I am your host. And as always with me is Albert Kim. Albert, talk to me. How you feeling in real time? Oh boy. My head's spinning, man. I've, I've looked, Corey, you know, I've loved the draft for a long time. Um, in terms of covering the draft, like now I'm just, I'm really just kind of dipping my foot into it with you now. And putting a big board together was one hell of a headache, dude. I felt like my head was spinning. And like the really, really the biggest thing is like, you just end up second guessing yourself so much. And like the idea of putting players in dip from that play in different positions from all over the world and like trying to rank them. This is crazy. But, um, I still think it was like worth my time. I still think like, I'm really glad you challenged me to do it and I'm ready to, I'm ready to do this today, man. I'm ready. I think I'm ready. You're, I know you're ready. I know you are. Look, <laughs> it's a, it's a hard exercise and there's really no right or wrong way to approach it. I mean, one of the, you know, fun things about the NBA draft or I guess any, you know, draft for any sport is that it's incredibly unpredictable in real time and then in hindsight. And, you know, you have to take into account that you might have a guy really high or really low on your board and the reasoning could be sound. But, you know, context is ultimately going to decide a lot of the prospects future kind of potential and, and if they'll reach it because they could go to a team that totally doesn't fit their strengths or has players already stacked at that position and it could be years before you see any kind of glimpse of you know uh, that potential that you believed in if ever um so or you know somebody you didn't really fully believe in could have this really awesome opportunity and and kind of shine really really quickly and and then, uh, you know, it, it turns into something that no one ever expected and, and saw coming. And that's how you get guys who have these MVP, MVP caliber years in the second round. Sometimes it's it's not an, an easy exercise. And a lot of it is philosophy and luck. And, and so take a load off, breathe a little bit and uh, let's have some fun with it. The way that we're going to do it is Albert and I are going to go back and forth. So. While we both have our own boards, we're making the draft deck board right now. You know, it's it's not going to be two separate 
top 30 list. It's going to be one cumulative list between the both of us where we alternate almost like a mock draft. Just we're not taking team into account uh, and we're just going off our list. But once somebody's selected, I can't go and, and put that person on on my board again. So it's it's going to go down the line, top 30, back and forth. And if if my guy is taken way earlier than I had them, uh, you know, Albert might have somebody at eight and maybe I have them at 20, but they're going to be at eight because Albert had the eighth pick. So um, it's going to be fun. This is going to be a fun exercise and uh, I'm ready to go. Albert, talk to me. Who do you want? Do you want the first pick um, in your in your big board or do you want, do you want the uh, second pick? Do you want to go first? I'm going to go second because... Okay. Um... Yeah, that's more fun for me. Love it. I love it. All right. Well, that's uh, this is going to be an easy one for me. Big board, draft act style. Uh, first on my big board is Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State. Um, we haven't actually covered Cade yet on the show. So we'll, we'll, we're going to go. We'll, we'll get into Cade uh, as we get closer to the draft. And um, but Cade. Look, you've probably heard by now. You've probably watched some, at least some YouTube pilot highlights. The the kid is a, a a real deal, number one overall prospect in an excellent draft. He's a little bit of Jason Tatum, maybe a little bit of Luca. You know that that six eight primary initiator. He's a lot of fun. He's gonna revitalize whatever franchise ends up with him. Probably the Detroit Pistons, but um. I'm excited to see, to see him in the NBA because I think his game's going to flourish a lot more there than than in college. And now, Albert, big board, pick two, two on our on the draft deck board. Who are you taking? Um, for me, this actually became a lot easier than I thought it would be, and I went with Jalen Green. Um, Jalen Green is number two on my board, so I think it's kind of perfect that I got the second pick here. I think just you know. The more I watched Mobley, the more I watched Jalen Green. I actually, this is just me personally. I felt like there was a bigger gap than maybe others feel. Um, and so I'm going to go with Jalen Green at number two. Love it. He's he's also number two on my board. So right now my board is is looking great. I think we probably both have the same first two picks. Um, I love Jalen, and I agree. With that said, number three, I actually did have to think about this a, a little bit more than I think other people would have as you said like I'm going to take Mobley at number three because I do believe in the defensive versatility and the defensive upside of Evan Mobley but I'm a little bit more skeptical on this premier offensive talent that a lot of people feel that he is I think that he's going to be a net positive on offense and when you pair that with somebody with his defensive potential his potential to switch out on the perimeter and cover a ton of ground and just play so many different kinds of coverages. I think that he's absolutely worthy of even a a top two selection, but I have the other two guys ahead of him. I have him number three, but I did, I did juggle between Mobley and Suggs because there is something about Suggs that does make me feel like it's not a lock that he doesn't end up one of the three best players in the draft because he brings a lot of good stuff too. But I'm going to, I'm going to have Evan Mobley at number three on the big board. Mm-hmm. And um, I agree with you. And that kind of makes it really easy for me at four to take Jalen Suggs. I I'm, I'm actually a thousand percent on board with you. It was a lot closer for me too. Um, I just, I think you and I have been pretty 
you know, unilaterally on the same page about how Suggs is going to be just a great, great player. Like, I, I mean, like he's just going to be a really good player. And um, he's the type of guy that we feel like can fit in on, on almost any team. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Suggs at four. And I still think that there is a lot of star potential to him where he, who knows, he may become the best player in this draft. Who knows, man? I, I He's got a little Chauncey to him as far as like the leadership and the impact. And uh, Chauncey was a, a finals MVP. And like, I could see that scenario playing out for Suggs in, in the right situation as well. So number five, and I hinted at it in our last episode. Um, which is very popular in Turkey. Got us on the, the Turkish charts. Um, I'm going to take Alperin Shengun as fifth on the draft deck, big board. Look, again, we went deep, but he's a guy. He's just a fucking really good basketball player. And we went over all the concerns that you might have about him defensively. But offensively, I think that for everything he showed to become an 18-year-old MVP of the Turkish BSL, he still has so much more room to grow on that end. And, you know, we talked about him as an outlier talent um, as far as play style. And I fully believe that. And I, I truly believe that he could be one of the five best players in this draft. If, you know, everything breaks right for him with fit and development. And um, I'm really excited to see him in the NBA in the future, but I put Alperin Shangun at, at, at number fifth on, on my board. Okay. Wow. I actually, on my personal board, I had Shingun at seven. Um, and so, wait, you have five. I have six now, right? You have six, um, yes. Six. This might be controversial. I don't think it's that controversial now. But uh, I'm going with Scotty Barnes. I have Scotty mm-hmm. Barnes um, at six. I actually have him at five on my board. So it kind of worked out for me. And I'm taking Scotty Barnes at six here. I don't think that's controversial at all. I think a lot of people have him at five. I think there are some people who even have him at four. And there's so much to love about Scotty. And again, another guy versatility. Uh, he, he truly can, you could foresee him being a, a five position defender. Um, but you know, the, this is such a top heavy draft with strong prospects in that top four, potentially top five that, you know, you're looking at a guy that does have real weaknesses. And um, I think that's, his weaknesses are a little bit more apparent than some of the other guys. And, and that's kind of what makes him in that second tier of prospects. But uh, I think that he's absolutely a guy that uh, most people probably have right in this range. And uh, with all the hype he's been getting lately, it's hard to see him falling lower than this. Uh, but I don't think anybody's going to be upset that, that you have Scotty Barnes at number six. Um, so at number seven, I'm going to take Davion Mitchell. Um, I, I know that a lot of people think Davion is older and short and he, you know, you, when you add those two things together, like maybe he's just this college wonder kin star, you know, that isn't going to translate. But I think that he is a legit NBA talent. And um, I think that he is going to be a positive on both sides of the ball, potentially, an elite point of attack defender, which, you know, you can argue, well, oh, that's, it's not really all that important, but I don't know, having good point of attack defenders would have been pretty, uh, how do I, they, they would have been, I think the jazz would be happy to have, have had some point of attack defenders that could stop dribble penetration in that Clipper series. Um, so I, I think Davion Mitchell is, he's just a guy that when I watch his film, and, and I see the improvements and I see some of the other 
the athletic stuff that I think will translate to the league. I, I think people will think this is a way more controversial spot for Davion than Scotty Barnes at six. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think on my board, I, on my board, I had Davion at eight right behind Shangun. Um, yeah. And the reason why I'm taking Kaminga at eight, which is my pick at number eight um, is because I, I feel like I, I agree with you, dude. I really do. And you know how much I love Davion. We did a whole pod on him. Um, I just have Kaminga at six just because I still feel like there's a lot of star potential in there. Um, his, his physique is unbelievable to me. Like he's, He's going to walk into the league as like a just a beast um, physically. And I, I like some of the passing chops. I love the confidence in his shot. And I think that's only going to get better. And you kind of put that all together. And I still think that there's a lot there. I know I know a lot of people are starting to fall on Kaminga. And I know like, you know, there are whispers about him dropping, you know, like teams not considering him one of the top five, top six guys. But I'm still pretty high on Kaminga. So at eight, it's he's the highest guy left on my board. So I'm going to take Kaminga at eight. I think that's an easy pick there. Uh, he's seventh on my personal board. So having coming at eight here, uh, look, I, I just, I think that his floor is higher than some people believe it is or act as it is. But I also do think he has a real floor that if you do take him in the top four, you know, and he doesn't reach it, you could be looking at a, a thing where you don't have a job in a couple of years. So, I, but his upside is is as legit as anybody else. And again, like if he would have played somewhere else uh, and not against pros, maybe maybe he he looks like this dominant force that is this three four hybrid who could guard multiple positions and knock down shots off the dribble. And and we're talking about him in that top group. That that's totally plausible too. So as much as he struggled and uh, the the potential was there. He had his, you know, a ton of positive moments as well. And, and you can't, it's hard to drop him too far and ignore that body, that athleticism, that talent. So I easy, no brainer pick, I think at that spot. So that takes me to number nine. Um, and I'm going to take James Booknight here. Uh, Booknight, a lot of hype. Uh, we covered him pretty early and, um, I think he's rising up the boards because of his strong showing at the the combine. I think when you watch his film and you, you just watch him shoot, I think it's apparent that he's a better than 29% three-point shooter. The athleticism is legit. It's athleticism that's functional. You actually see him use it in the game. And again, I think the shooting is real. And I think that he's a guy that can play on or off ball. So it's easy to slot him into multiple different roles and scenarios. And I don't think it's going to be dependent on where he goes on whether or not he's going to succeed. I think that his talents lend itself to doing stuff off the ball as well. So I'm, I'm going to put James book Knight, shooting guard out of UConn at number nine on the board. And this brings us to the last pick of the top 10. Who are you going with? Okay. Um, really quickly on book night, I I'm yeah. a thousand percent on board with you. I have him number nine on my personal board, so it's kind of perfect. Um, yeah, after I, you know, as you mentioned, we covered book night so early, I had to kind of go back, um, and rewatch some book night. And I'm just like, I just, I just think he's, he, he has real star potential. Like this guy's absolute. I just, yeah, I'm really high on him. Um, and it was actually really hard. 
picking between him and my number 10 guy because yeah it's crazy i have cam thomas at 10 on my personal board All and right. i'm gonna take cam thomas here and um this this might be actually one of the the more controversial picks i don't know i don't know what people think anymore but um i look i went you know we just did a cam thomas pod and then I went back and watched more Cam Thomas, and I'm just, I'm so convinced that he's going to be just an absolute baller. Um, I, I just, it's hard for me to see a reality where he's not going to be a good, a good pro. And I think there's real potential for him to be an alpha scorer on the next level. Um, and, and like he can, I don't know, I, I'm even thinking like this guy could just lead a team and be like freaking fantastic. So, um, controversial or not, I'm taking Cam Thomas at ten because he's ten on my board. I love it. I absolutely love it. He's I, honestly, I think he might be the hardest guy to pin down in this entire draft because everything you said is true. And I look at him and I go down the line, like what if he finds his own Chris Paul who just makes him the best version of himself? What does that look like? It looks like a really good fucking basketball player is what it looks like. So mm-hmm. I, I had him lower. Uh, I'll save that for my own personal board later on where I end up having him. And I think, I don't think I'm have a final spot for him yet, but I like that you put him there. So let's, let's run through the, uh, the top 10 really quick. So at one, we had Cade Cunningham at two. We had Jalen green at three. We had Evan Mobley four. We had Jalen Suggs at five. We had Alperin Shangun at number six. We had Scotty Barnes, number seven, Davion Mitchell at eight. We had Jonathan Kaminga. At nine, James Booknight just dropped his film sesh. Check that out on YouTube. And at number 10, we had Cam Thomas. Exciting. Love it. Uh, This is shaping up to be a fun exercise. With number 11, that is going to leave me with Sharif Cooper, which I think is also maybe not super high if we're talking about draft twitter i think draft twitter is pretty into him but if you look at most of the big mocks and and boards it maybe it's a little high but um despite sharif not truly being six foot four um after his (laughs) faulty combine measurements i still believe that he's so shifty elite handle elite passer elite free throw rate I believe the jumper long-term because he was at 80% on eight attempts a game. I think that it, the shot is, is workable. And if he just gets to be a 35% three point shooter, it's going to be so hard to keep this kid out of the paint. And we just watched what that kind of player. Now I'm not saying he's the next Trey young. I'm not saying he's going to be as successful as Trey young, but um, I think that he is that kind of passer and, penetrator so i I think that those are skills that are so important in the playoffs and despite the fact that he is somebody that um is may hurt you defensively i think that his offense is going to be worthwhile and uh, i was listening to sense and scalability um which shout out to that podcast because it's it's really smart basketball theory And um, one of the things that they had mentioned on it was that like Trey young might be the worst defender in the league. Like, let's say he's the worst defender in the league, but his offense is so good that it allows you to play a guy like Clint Capella for so many minutes, because now Clint Capella is a valuable 
offensive player. Uh, whereas, you know, if you put Capella on a team without an initiator like this and you told him to create offense, he'd be probably a disaster. But he allows such a good defensive player to be on the floor for so many minutes that you almost have to count that towards Trey Young's value on on defense. Um, and I think Sharif is going to do a lot of the same things. Obviously, the shooting is is the swing skill, but I I would bet on the shooting. And if if the shooting gets just to the, you know, to be mediocre, he's going to be uh, a handful and somebody I think is going to be a, a, a worthy, you know, pick in this range. So that's my, my Sharif Cooper uh, rant. Okay. Okay. No, I hear that. Um, I think personally for me, I had him a little bit lower than you did, but you know, when we did the Sharif Cooper pod, we talked a lot about what you just mentioned. And um, I think all of that makes sense. I think for me, I'm, I'm just not as much as uh, of a believer as you are in terms of the shooting, but I've been wrong about shooters in the past. And so uh, I'm not going to leave that. Um, yeah, it, it could happen again. Um, where am I picking? I'm picking 12, right? Yeah, you're 12. So at 12, I'm actually going to take my guy that I had at number 11. And um, he's, the, uh, he's the guy from down under. I'm going with Josh Giddy. Um, I had Josh Giddy right in this range because I think Josh Giddy is just a fabulous passer, dude. I, I love his yeah. passing. Um, I love... I, I think the shooting potential is there. Um, who knows? He might end up having a worse. He might end up becoming a worse shooter than Sharif Cooper. Who knows? All these things are possible. There are many possible realities as the world of Marvel show, Marvel is teaching us through Loki. There are many different timelines and many different realities. <laughs> and so um, which reality we end up with, I'm not sure, but I'm a real believer in Josh Giddy. I think the ambidexterity with his passing is just, it's art. It's freaking art. It's awesome. Um, I like that he's not a crazy explosive leaper or athlete, but I like that he likes to mix it up inside. And I like that he isn't afraid to go inside. And I would like to see what that looks like on the next level. Um, I'm hoping that he's aggressive and that he's nasty and that he gets to fully express himself with his wild offensive game. And so, um, yeah, I had Giddy at 11 and I get to take him 12 here. Great value then. Uh, He's so much fun. And I love that he rebounds. That grab-and-go ability lends itself even more to the playmaking in transition and pace, space, and how the NBA game has really geared itself towards perimeter rebounders now with you know all of the shooting and the long rebounds. And uh, his game with the production in a pro league, and he's only 18, It's he's a, he's a hooper, and he's a lot of fun. All right, so that's going to put me at 13. And I'm going to take Trey Mann here. Uh, we're going to cover Trey Mann in a couple of days on our, our next episode. But Trey Mann is really interesting to me because so many of his skills are what we're looking for in all of these on-ball point guard creators and, and shooters and scorers. And he does so many of the good things that we're looking for. He was in the 90th percentile off the dribble shooting um, in college. And the kid, he can, he can dance, you know, he's, he's a chef in the kitchen. And uh, as my guy CP from Knicks fan TV uh, said about him when I went on uh, his show and uh, I love his ability to just hit tough contested shots from anywhere. Again, this is another skill that we, we see that guys thrive in. And I think it gives him a kind of high floor, even 
having some you know deficiencies in playmaking which again i think is going to improve a little bit at the next level but we'll get into trey trey man in in our full-on episode uh in a couple of days so trey man's gonna get us to 13 this is gonna bring us to 14 for you, all right Robert. here we go at 14 i took my guy Jaden springer um i you know i know i know how you feel Corey. um but for me <laughs> I it, it's weird. It, it's this weird thing. You know, we all have our guys that we really end up believing in and guys that we really want to see succeed. And it's a weird thing with Springer. Like, I, I just feel like he's going to walk into the league as a capable and very good defender. Um, I think offensively, there's more there than he was able to show. Like, man, that Rick Barnes offense was just a train wreck at Tennessee. Um, they had so many ugly possessions. I was watching their game. I forgot who they were playing actually, but I was just watching this game like the other day. And like, there was like two or three possessions in a row where like Eve's Ponds, right. Is his name. Like he just like had the ball at the, at the wing and he just just ISOed by himself. And I'm like, what, what, what are you guys doing? It was so frustrating. But anyway, um, I, I'm a big believer in Springer's game. I think his stuff in the mid-range is just going to get better. I like his strength when he goes to the rim. I know he's not the best leaper, but there is an aggression to him that I really like. I think the shooting numbers are a little bit misleading. Um, I, I mean, he was like a 40% three-point shooter, but I, I don't think he's there yet. But I do believe that he's going to improve. And so I'm going to take Springer at 14, and I had him a little bit higher than 14, actually. I'm I'm sure you did. That's your guy. We all have our guys, man. We all have our guys. Like as as I'm sure Sharif was a little bit further down your board. Jaden was much further down my board. Um, but this is this is why we're doing our our cumulative board to try to kind of balance each other out in certain aspects on on guys that we don't agree on. Um, so that's gonna bring the top fifteen to me, and I am going to take my guy. Josh Christopher. Um, I feel very similarly to how I think you feel about Cam Thomas, about Josh Christopher. I think he's just, his game was made way more so for NBA than college. And I think he's going to be a two-way player. I think a lot of the shot selection stuff is not going to be nearly as egregious as a people make it out to be uh, and B as I would have played in, in that offense playing off of those guards. And again, uh, it's another guy, the shooting's going to be the swing skill, but I don't think his shot is broken to the point that I just would stop guarding him out there. And I think that if he just puts that together a little bit, his ceiling is, is very, very high. There's a reason that he was you know thought to be, a borderline top 10 prospect at the beginning of the year. Um, and I didn't see anything on film that would deter me even from feeling that way. So I'm going to ha- have to put Josh Christopher at, at number 15 here. Yeah. That, I, it's not too far off from where I had him. So I'm, I'm on board with you, dude. I think, um, yeah, I'm with you. I think the offensive game is just going to develop and he'll get better. And the de- the defense was good. I like the defense. Okay. So I'm at 16, right? I'm at 16. You're at 16. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I this guy I had at thirteen. I'm taking Moses Moody. Uh, Moses Moody is a guy that we we went over, that we covered, that we both like. I think we both like him a good amount. Yes. I think his game, I think his offensive game is just going to play up on the next level, um, and it's just going to improve. And so, yeah, like I'm a really big believer in his shooting. I think the shooting is good. I think even some of the playmaking chops, it's there. 
Um, I think his mid-range stuff is fun, and I think he's going to be good. His uh, Him at the rim, I, th- I think he's a little hot and cold. But, um, yeah, I like Moses Moody a lot, and I think him in the right system, he could contribute right away. So I'm taking Moody here. I had him one. I had him at 17 on my personal board, so this is right around that range that um, I think this is a good spot for him. Good spot for him because uh, he definitely, we talked about in the episode, I think he's got potential to one day have like a season or two where he's near or at like 20 points per game given the right team construct. So you add that to his ability to kind of be this really awesome off-ball role player who can play on both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, he can easily outperform this spot down the line. So, uh, I, I mean, this is this is the kind of value I think that we have in this draft that you're getting really good players that would be way closer to the top 10 in most drafts at, at other parts. Um, all right. So at 17, um, I'm going to take Corey Kispert. I'm going to take another old guy. Uh, Corey Kispert, I think is, he's kind of boring. He's, uh, a shooting specialist, you know, one of the, the best shooters that we've seen in a really long time. Uh, he played in a incredibly successful program for a really long time. Uh, I think that his game is a little more nuanced than people want to give it credit for. Uh, I think he's a better passer. I think he's a pretty decent team defender Um, and he plays hard. And I think that he's just one of those guys that like, even if uh, he's just going to find his way onto a good team eventually and be a a really solid contributor. And I think he's going to play in the league for so long because Shooting is a skill that is still probably like either in the the first or second sentence of asking most NBA fans, like, what is the the most important skill to have right now? Like shooting is probably either going to be the first or second thing that you you, you say, and he's one of the best in, in the business at it. And I understand he's a little older, um, you know, so that he's not like this super athlete, although what do we say about white guys? Sneaky bounce. Um, so I, I I think that this is a, a kind of his sweet spot because there are going to be guys after this and before it that you just miss on when you're like, oh, could have had a really good shooter, right? And so uh, Corey Kispert at 17, I'm taking the the guy who's going to be a 40% three-point shooter in the league on, on volume. I'm with you, dude. I mean, when we did the Corey Kispert podcast, I said he's a beautiful basketball player, and I still feel that way. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be a lights out shooter. Like even in that tournament game against UCLA, I saw him boxing out bigs, and I was like, "Come on, are you kidding me?" He boxed out a big, <laughs> grabbed the offensive rebound, went straight up and hit the layup. And I'm like, "This, this is absolutely beautiful." You put him on a playoff contender, and he's doing that kind of stuff while shooting the lights out of the ball. Are you kidding me? Like. He he's beautiful, beautiful basketball player. As you mentioned, I think he has more defensive chops than people give him credit for. I also think that, as you mentioned, the sneaky bounce stuff, he can get up and rip it. Uh, he, he can go up and two-hand dunk it on people. Not that he's freaking book night, but he's got he's got bounce to him. Um, I love Kispert. I freaking love yeah. Kispert, so I'm really happy with that. Where are we at now? 18? Is We're at 18, 18 yeah. We're at 18. Okay, at, at 18, then very easily for me at 18, I'm taking Franz Wagner. Um, Wagner is a guy that when we did his pod, we, I said he might be the most ideal, perfect role player in this draft. And I still feel that way. Um, I don't, there's nothing in my heart that tells me that he'll be a number one or even like a number two option, um, ever, but 
I think he'll be maybe the best number three option, number four option out there. I, I'm really that high on him. I think his shooting is going to play up and he'll be better as a shooter. I think his versatility on the defensive side, his passing, uh, grab and go ability. Um, I just, all across the board, I'm really happy uh, to take him at number 18. And I think he's going to be a high end, a really high end role player. And look, he might go number nine to the Kings, right? I know there are a lot of whispers out there that he might already have a promise from the Kings that he'll go number nine. Um, I don't remember what pot I heard that on, but they, they some NBA exec had said that to somebody, whatever. Him at number nine to the Kings with Halliburton and Fox, sign me up, sign me up. I, I that's kind of perfect for me. I would love that for Franz. So at 18, I'm taking Franz Wagner, and I feel really good about that. As you should. I, a lot of people also have been making the comp kind of like he's a little bit Mikael Bridges-esque. Um, not in like play style, like where you're looking mm-hmm. at him like this is a guy that looks like him athletically or measurement-wise, but like as far as like what their impact could be as being that like ultimate role player that every team wants that he could be on the floor and he could serve as your third option, or he could be on the floor and serve as like the fifth option, but he's going to keep the ball moving, do all the the little things and, and make winning plays. And it, the impact will probably go further than the box score suggests. Yeah. So I love uh, that. yeah, that's, that's great value. And at this late in a, in a board. All right. So at 19, I am going to switch it up going from the safe guys and I even maybe think that I could have taken him a couple spots earlier. And, and who knows, maybe in my ultimate big board, I will. Uh, I mean, he was he was a little higher on my personal board. But I'm going to take Jalen Johnson. Uh, I think that his talent this late is... At, the, at a point, it becomes to me overwhelming. And, and I know there are a lot of red flags, but that's why... I have him this low and not, you know, at seven or something because uh, I'm trying to take those into account and I'm trying to take the the shooting into account where the eye test doesn't match the percentages. And But all of his tools, I think, are real. And I think that while I don't ever foresee him being that first option, maybe I don't ever foresee him being a second option, but if he could be kind of your third option, that's still going to be able to get a a decent amount of points and potentially guard, you know, five positions and protect the rim on top of it. He's just got too many tools. He's got too much athleticism, too many tools. And, uh, I, you know, if, if, if he slips too far, I think a team could be very, very happy ultimately with the production that they, they get out of that kind of investment. Yeah, I mean, even after that pod that we recorded with Draft Deeper, I'm still on the lower end when it comes to Jalen Johnson. But taking Jalen Johnson at 19, no problem. No problem at all for me. I think this is kind of his range for even for me. I had him. I only had him slightly lower than this. So it's not crazy. I think 19 is kind of perfect. And I honestly, Corey, I think it also kind of reflects on how you feel about him, too. Like, I think I think you like him, but I don't know if you love him, right? It's kind of what you're saying. So, um, yeah, I think that's fair. I'm 20, right? You're Um, 20, yeah. At 20, (laughs) I wish I was 20. Uh, I'm taking (laughs) uh, a guy who I I am convinced he's a top 20 talent. I'm also convinced that it's not crazy that he might go in the top 10. I've said this on his pod, too. It's Isaiah Jackson. Isaiah Jackson Mm -hmm. is a guy who brings wonderful energy, a guy that, as 
Corey loves to talk about is an ambidextrous blocker can block left hand, right hand. He's got it all. Um, he's got great feet. He's got uh, the energy is unbelievable. It really jumps off the page. Um, and is a guy that I think is valuable in the league and a lot of teams will be looking at him. And for me, for him to go in the top 20 is kind of perfect. And so I'm taking Isaiah Jackson here. Love it. Uh, he was going to be my next pick. Um, if you didn't take him, I, have him a little bit higher than this on my personal board but not much uh and for all those reasons i think he's going to be really successful i think he's actually somewhat safe safer than i think he's given credit for um with that high ceiling and given the right pick and roll partner i think he's just going to be an absolute blast to watch and to play with and could be incredibly impactful um and again, I think he's another one of those guys that is going to be able to play in multiple different kinds of coverages defensively, uh, which is going to be super valuable in the playoffs. So um, that's great value. Let's quickly run through picks one through 20 on the draft deck inaugural big board. All right. We have Cade Cunningham at one, Jalen Green at two, Evan Mobley at three, Jalen Suggs at four, Alperin Shangoon at five, Scotty Barnes at six, Davion Mitchell at seven, Jonathan Kaminga at eight. James Booknight at 9, Cam Thomas at 10, Sharif Cooper at 11, Josh Giddy at 12, Trey Mann at 13, Jaden Springer at 14, Josh Christopher at 15, Moses Moody at 16, Corey Kispert at 17, Franz Wagner at 18, Jalen Johnson at 19, Isaiah Jackson at 20. That brings me the 21st spot on our big board. And I'm going to take Trey Murphy, the third. I've been watching a little bit more Trey Murphy tape. And um, this kid can really shoot the fucking rock. (laughs) He can really shoot the ball. He comes from a really, really good program, Virginia. He is going to guard multiple positions. He's got great length. He's bouncy. And again, you know, just circling back around to the shooting, 43, I think, percent from three, and I think 93% from the free throw line. Legit legit shooter and i look at again the league like to me he's how is he gonna how is he not gonna be a player in the league Uh, he's you know the volume wasn't always there for him and you know he's uh he was a junior but in the league like he's just gonna be a guy that is gonna shoot it off motion uh in a standstill and knock it down at such a good clip the shot is pure great arc and uh, he's going to give you the defense, and anything else he develops is going to be the plus. I, he's a 3 and D guy. Maybe he could be a 3 and D plus. If he ever develops the plus, he'll outplay his draft position. I love a lot of the same things that I loved about Mikael Bridges and Trey Murphy. Now, Mikael showed more in college and you know was a, a national champion uh, times two. So you know he had, had some pedigree there. But I think Trey Murphy, given the direction of the league, like you could just, to me, especially watching a team like Atlanta, in these playoffs where they just had big wing after big wing, after big wing, after big wing. Like, I think he fits that mold. Um, so I, to me, I, I understand why he's been rising on boards and the more you watch him, I think the more it becomes apparent. Yeah, dude, I, I'm actually pretty shocked that you put him this high. Not that I disagree. It's just that um, I was pretty shocked because I was kind of thinking I, I was actually watching a lot of him do this weekend. Um, he's like legit six, nine, right? This is like a big dude. And um, not only that, but I, in my mind, he's kind of this year's Emmanuel quickly. Like mm. he is a guy that 
who has very similar shooting numbers, you know, yeah, the 40, 40% three point shooter, 93% free throw shoot. I, I, my thing is you watch him at the free throw line and you watch his makes just straight butter, dude. It, it's, it's beautiful. And you know how much you and I love the free throw shooting and it's, yeah. you see it when you see him taking free throws, it's like, Oh, this guy is a born shooter. Like he literally just walks up there and he knows exactly what he's doing and it's perfect. It's beautiful. And his agility on the de- defensive end, you mentioned, right. That he's going to be a multi-positional defender, dude. I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was like Mavs draft or somebody posted a clip. Of, uh, maybe it was um, Tyler Metcalf, but somebody posted a video of him today defending. And I was like, I saw the same crap. I was like, Trey Murphy, that dude can move. Like he's gonna move on defense. So, yeah. very exciting. I, I'm almost jealous that you made that pick. Um, at 22, I'm going with a guy who had a little bit higher and a guy that I, 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 I don't remember if you're like lower on him. Maybe I think you kind of are. Uh, Zaire Williams. I, I know, I, I know your reservations on Zaire Williams. I think for me, um, I just, I just like him defensively a lot. Um, I think he's gonna be. I think you know what um what Kyle Mann said on our pod. I think there's a real destructiveness and potential to his defense um, that I'm interested in, and I and I like the jump shot. I think the jump shot's pretty. Um, it's like it, for me, it kind of felt like Cam Reddish didn't shoot it well in college, but you know the guy can shoot. You know, it's yeah. like you, you can see it eye test wise, and that's kind of how I feel about um, Zaire Williams. And maybe like a Cam Reddish, maybe he's going to need a couple of years. You know, and. I, I was actually a big time believer of Cam Reddish just because, you know, when he went into Duke, like he wasn't he like the number one guy in this class? Wasn't he above RJ and Zion heading into I, Duke? He I don't remember. Definitely at some point. Yeah. I, I don't think it yeah. was like, I don't think it was like a, a long lasting thing, yeah. but it was certainly, I mean, because yeah. everybody, everybody thought Cam was the next T Mac. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. he Oof. had that smooth game with the bounce and the, the body. Uh, he just mm-hmm. looked like he should have been. He still does. He look he he looks like he should be better than he is, but I I actually think that's that's totally fair for Zaire there. I, Zaire brings a lot of things to the table that I like about Trey Murphy. And again, like I I see Zaire Williams more in the three and D role, maybe three and D plus than the shot creator that I think the internet perceives him to be. I just don't think he's a good shot creator. Uh, I get that he create space on his step backs and that's cool but to me like catch and shoot attack closeouts where you can you know kind of make a play and get going to the rim with a, a little bit of motion a little little bit of space um and the the defense is real the defense is legit and and that's enough that to take him even higher than this i think but again you said he's going to need a couple of years because he's legitimately skinny um and you saw that you know, in the finishing numbers, like he, he couldn't finish around the rim at all. And and I think a lot of that has to do with strength. Um, so he, he's going to need some time to develop, but the shot is pretty. I think he's a way better shooter than he showed. Uh, I just don't want him to be shooting off the bounce as much as some of the other, I think, you know, analysts out there maybe perceive his ability. Um, but who knows? I could absolutely be wrong on Zaire. And uh, we still have to cover him on the show too. So, you know, it'll, it'll be fun to dive into his film again. All right. So 23, I'm going to take a guy who I had a little bit higher, not much, um, had him this high before the combine, but he was one of the big winners of the combine. I'm going to take bones Highland. Uh, bones to me is 
another one of those guys like Josh Christopher, who I look at his game, I'm like NBA guy, NBA player. Like his skill set is NBA made. He's a dog. He competes. He wants to compete. Like I love that he sent shots out on Twitter recently where he was like, a lot of guys are dodging me in these workouts, but like I'm ready to go up against anybody that wants it. I fucking love that. And I love the fact that he can knock down shots from my gym, like (laughs) my gym to whatever gym he's in. He's got in the gym range, in the parking lot range, wherever he's shooting from, he's got that range. And I love that, you know, obviously not the playmaker that you wish he was, but, uh, good length. And I think his skill set as an offensive player, especially again, going back to quickly, like guys that can make shots in this league are going to find success in the league. So uh, I love bones game. And it became apparent immediately when he stepped on the combine floor that he was a guy that none of those guys were going to be able to stop. Yeah, dude, I, I totally agree with you. You can easily see the quickly comps. Um, Yeah. No surprise there. And, and and to your credit, Corey, he's a guy that you've been talking about for a long time, that you've liked for a long time. And so I think, yeah, for any listener out there who's saying, oh, it's because of Combine, Corey's been on, on him for a while. So you, you deserve your credit on that one. Uh, for me at 24, uh, this guy's going to finally end his free fall down our big board. And he's a guy that a lot of teams and execs and other draft experts love a lot. But he fell on our board for a reason, and his name is Keon Johnson. Um, I do want to give Keon a little bit of credit here. I know we've been really hard on him, but I was watching, I, I was actually watching him a little bit uh, the last couple of days. And I do have to say, you know, like the energy is real, the intensity is real. Um, I, yeah, I mean, even some of the mid range stuff, I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's a pretty decent shot. I, I got to give you credit here. Um, the energy is effervescent, eff- effervescent. You can feel it on the court. Um, so yeah, I think 24 is enough of a free fall for Keon Johnson and kind of makes sense for, uh, in terms of how you and I both feel about him. Yeah, totally fair. Uh, I was going to probably take him pretty, pretty soon. He look, if he was on my team, my team drafted him. He'd probably be my favorite player on the team. You know, because he's going to bring that energy that you love. If I was coaching him, he's one of the players that you probably love coaching more than anyone because he fucking plays so hard all the time. And he has, as you said, like these flashes of skills that make you go, oh, okay. It's just, I don't know if I could ever see him putting it together fully. I'm not saying saying he's not going to play on a lot of playoff teams. I just think he's going to be a role player on those teams instead of one of the top three guys. And I was thinking about this recently because, you know, as I was putting my board together, one of the things I was doing is like I was also putting like, you know, comps. And I don't remember who we comped Keon to when we covered him in the episode. But this is a guy I couldn't shake. Is Keon, is there a chance that he's like the next Amon Shumpert? Oh, wow. Okay. So a guy who wins a title um, and then loses his job a couple of years later and is out of the league. Um, I mean, but no, I, <laughs> you know, I get what you're, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, 
I, I think that's a pretty good a good one. I was thinking more of like Jerome Williams, junkyard dog, um, but <laughs> I, I I can see that too. But I look at I look at Shumpert and granted, Keon is a freshman. Shumpert had played a few years of college, and Shumpert didn't get too much better in college. Like he had a better, uh, what was he a third a junior? Was he a junior when he came out? Um, I don't remember if he's a junior so. or a senior, but. His last year was, you know, obviously a little bit better, but like a lot of the percentages didn't improve. It was just more like volume stuff. But to me, like when Shumpert was in the NBA, it was like a lot of times he was sped up. Like his, he was going too fast for what he was trying to do. Uh, he liked that mid-range pull-up. He, the jumper looked good, but he was never like somebody you were afraid to leave open on three point shots, even though like he was a decent enough three point shooter. And I, I kind of just, and, and he was a guy that defensively defended his butt off, but like didn't have a crazy, you know, kind of defensive versatility where you could put him on four different guys. You know, he didn't just, he just didn't have the body type for that. He was probably better off guarding, you know, smaller guys. And I feel like Keon's kind of the same way. So I don't know. I feel like if you can get like a younger version of Shumpert, especially later in the draft, I think that's kind of a, a positive, but I, I think Keon's going to be on a lot of good teams. I just don't know if it's going to be his first team. I think that's, that's my thing. With yeah, Keon. I think, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. All right. So we're on 25. I'm going to take Usman Garuba. Uh, and I struggled with Garuba because he might be, the best defensive like big in the draft. He, he might at, at the least you're talking probably top three. He can guard. I think another one of these guys who can legitimately guard all five positions. He protects the rim better than a guy like Scotty Barnes. He could pass it a little bit. His shot looks workable. He's young. He's playing on one of the best teams in the world and he's producing in the second best league in the world. I'm really struggling because I feel like this is way too low for him because I think he's going to easily outperform this spot. And yet this is where we have him pegged. So I think ultimately he might end up a little bit higher on my personal board. He, he I mean he is higher on, on my personal board, but he might end up even higher. But with that said, like he does have offensive limitations that means like he'll never be more than a role player on that end. And you know, you wonder depending on where he matches up, like is his passing good enough to be like the next Draymond? Probably not. Is his size big enough to deal with a guy like Jokic? Probably not for a full game. So I, you know, I'm I'm struggling to think about what his long term impact is going to be at the position, but I know it's going to be more impactful than than kind of the spot I have him at currently. But um, he's really he's a really interesting prospect, and I I fucking love his attitude and, and the way he plays and uh, how he interviews, and he's he's a uh, he's he's a legit a legit prospect in this draft. Yeah, dude, I hear you. I, the one thing I did want to say is like to your point about like, will he be able to guard Jokic? Like, I feel like not a lot of the guys in this draft could 
you know, like probably nobody. Evan, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Evan Mobley, <laughs> look at this guy. Like he's so skinny. He's gonna have a hard time. We talked yeah, about Isaiah Jackson. Exactly. Isaiah Jackson's so skinny. He's gonna have a hard time. So yeah, I, I think it's a good one. I had a uh, group a little bit lower on my on mine, but I, it may also just be because I have less expo- exposure to him. I did mm-hmm. watch a little bit, but definitely not to the point that uh, you did. I think so. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, for me, the highest guy left on my board. Um, so, oh man, I, I wonder how people are going to feel about this one. This might be too high, but I don't care because I've consistently been in love with him, and I've I was even excited I'm gonna take before. Him next. If you don't, I'm going to take him next. I hope I hope it's the same guy. I'm taking Isaiah Todd. Oh, uh huh. It's not. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I like it. I love it. <laughs> So I'm taking Isaiah Todd. Isaiah Todd is a guy that I've consistently loved. And Corey, you know, I've been I, I was texting you like six, seven months ago and I was like, how does how does this guy move this well? Um, yeah. I, I just love him as a mover. I love him as a shooter. I love his I love the fact that he is totally not shy about taking his shots. Um, I love the post of fadeaway stuff over either shoulder. He he's gonna fade and he's gonna hit some and he's also gonna miss them, but I'm okay with that. Um, I just love I love I love how he runs. I love how he moves. Um, I think there's a fluidity to him that makes no sense to me. Um, but I'm just a huge believer in his shot making. Like I really think he's going to be a A level shooter. Like I really think he's a really really good shooter. So that's why he's high for me. He might be too high for other people's taste, but I'm I just like him that much. So I'm taking Isaiah Todd here. I look, I'm I'm cool with it. I and anytime we ever talk about him, we have consistently consistently said that we think that he is a first round talent. So if we're going to talk about him, like he's a first round talent, then I don't think, you know, having him 26 on our board goes against that. If you know, we, that, that makes all the sense in the world. And we've consistently talked about him as that, even, you know, when we were, uh, on the draft deeper pod, right. And we, we really dove into him again for uh, a revisit. So, and look, he played in an NBA offense and we saw him succeed in an NBA offense against pros. So to me, he's one of the guys, that I think that if he had gone to college, if he went to Michigan, I think he's pro like, I think he hurt his stock playing in the G league. I think for me, it, it showed that he is an NBA player, but if he went to Michigan, we're probably talking about him as a, a, probably a borderline lottery guy, at least kind of the same tier as Franz, right? Especially if they have the same amount of success. So I, I don't hate it at all. He, he's a guy that could definitely outperform his draft position, especially if he slides in the second, which it seems like, he will, given how, you know, I guess teams or people aren't talking about him. So I thought, and I'm going to take him now, I'm taking all the old guys. <laughs> I thought you were talking about my man, Chris Duarte, who I'm going to take here at 27. Uh, I mean, look, the kid is going to be probably one of the oldest players on the team as soon as he walks into the league. <laughs> you know, he's 24, I think, already. Um, but, look, he could stroke it, man. He could stroke it, and he's got bounce, and I think he's going to be able to defend. And, you know, he could take it off the dribble a little bit. Like, I, I think that, you know, the age kind of sucks that he's that old. But if he was doing what he was doing at... 20 <laughs> 21 i think he probably is a borderline lottery guy uh, and i think if you're a team this far down in the first round 
like you're probably looking for a guy with a, a good skill set who also is going to be ready to contribute. And I think he might be, you know, pretty NBA ready to uh, at least contribute a little bit. So I, I, I just like the shot. I like the athleticism. I like the the tools that he has. And I think he's, he's pretty safe at, at this part of the draft, even though, I, you know, there, there certainly are guys that you can argue for deeper in the draft. Yeah. No, I hear you. I mean, you know, you know how much I love Duarte. Um, Duarte is a guy that I've I've liked for a long time. I, you know, I've I got this weird thing for the Oregon guys. I freaking loved Pritchard last year. Um, and yeah, he's an older guy, but I I don't really care. Maybe that's a me issue. I don't really care too much about the age stuff. Um, I really just care like, okay, do I believe he'll become a good player? Yeah, sign me up. Yeah. Um, I, I think Duarte is going to be a really good player. So I love that you took him there. I would have taken him next. Um, the next guy left on my board. Um, maybe this is too high for him, but I just, I, I really liked him because the, the, I was, you know, we were pre- prepping for Trey man. I thought he did a really great job against Trey man. It's really physical. I think the, the weak side defensive stuff that he does is freaking nuts. Uh, I'm taking miles McBride out of West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that I just think is tough as nails. I think he's kind of like, he might be the perfect backup point guard. Like, I think he's going to be really, really good um, as a backup point guard. I just, his defensive intensity and how strong he is. I'm like, Oh, I like that a lot. He had a couple like weak side blocks. I'm just like, who are you? What are we talking about? Um, So yeah, I may, this might be a little high for him, but I'm okay with it. Cause I, I just personally like him a lot. So I'm going to take my bride here. I love it. I love miles McBride. I hope he's one of the guys that potentially slides to the bulls pick in the second round. Uh, you know, he's obviously really tiny. He looks tiny out on the floor, but he's got a great wingspan. He's a bulldog defensively. I like in that Florida game, he was cooking in the mid-range a little bit, you know, kind of like in the post. Like, he'll back you down. Like, he's strong like that. He, he's strong enough to back you down a little bit, for even, uh, you know, at his at 6'1 or whatever. So, um, I like McBride. I'm going to take uh, Josh Primo at 29, who is kind of a guy that, like, probably could have worked his way into the lottery if, if he came out next year. But I like his tools that he showed. I love his shot. It's so smooth. He's got great size, right? 6'5". I think he's got like a 6'10 wingspan. He's 18 years old. Uh, and he he shot it 38% from three. I mean, he's he's got some shake to his dribble. And, and I think that he's a guy that you take and know that it'll it'll take a couple of years but ultimately he could be a guy that is going to be a really fun offensive weapon for your team so uh i think that his development is going to be really fun to watch over the next few years yeah dude i he it, he just celebrated his sweet 16 so you know <laughs> it, it's crazy that he's going to be in the league and that, i think that's awesome um i'm i got the last pick and um yeah. With the last pick, it, it's amazing because BJ Boston did not make the top 30. Mm. I'm not taking BJ Boston here. I'm not taking Io DeSumo from Illinois. I'm taking an old guy. And this is the first old guy I'm taking is Jared Butler. Um, I know he's got like some physical condition. I, I obviously, I don't, I don't think we know the details to that, but in terms of him as a defender, as a shot creator, as a shot maker, he was the MOP for the, uh, for the tournament this year. And he's a guy that I think is going to be a really nice addition to a playoff team. And I think whoever gets him is really going to like him a lot. And he's going to be, I think he's just going to be a really good pro if that makes sense. Um, 
yeah, obviously it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I think he's just going to be a good pro. I don't see any star potential with him, anything like that. But we're talking about number 30 on our big, big board. And, I, and I, it doesn't make sense for me to have Butler drop any more than this. So yeah, I'm taking Butler at 30. Yeah, I, on my on my board, he would be higher. Um, I think I kind of passed him up due to those kind of concerns that are pretty up in the air right now. And we haven't really heard much about um so if he was in the clear and and the nba is like all right all systems go like i i think he's a guy that i would i would take higher than this but um i look great value jared butler at 30 he's kid is a baller he's a baller all right let's run down our big board top 30 cade cunningham at one jalen green at two evan mobley at three jalen sucks at four Alperin Shangoon at five, Scotty Barnes at six, Davion Mitchell at seven, Jonathan Kaminga at eight, James Booknight at nine, Cam Thomas at 10, Sharif Cooper at 11, Josh Giddy at 12, Trey Mann at 13, Jaden Springer at 14, Josh Christopher at 15, Moses Moody at 16, Corey Kispert at 17, Franz Wagner at 18, Jalen Johnson at 19, Isaiah Jackson at 20, Trey Murphy at 21, Zaire Williams at 22, Bones Highland at 23, Keon Johnson at 24, Usman Garuba at 25, Isaiah Todd at 26, Chris Duarte at 27, Miles McBride at 28, Josh Primo at 29, Jared Butler at 30. That does it. Albert, was the stress, was it worth it? Did we get through it? It was worth it. It was worth it because I've never done this before. And I think I'm pretty happy with the choices I made. I'm sure our listeners might think, you know, some of the choices I made are a little controversial, but I'm okay with it because I'm okay with being wrong. I, I like being wrong. I've been so wrong with prospect before and I'm cool with it. So Corey, thank you. Thank you for pushing me to do it, man. <laughs> no problem. That's what, that's what I'm here for. Trying to give the people the best draft content we can. And we couldn't leave them without some kind of big board. So again, you know, uh, you know, this is a, we went back and forth, so it's not a full on reflection of our personal boards. And we definitely left some, left some guys out. I know for me, if I left somebody out, it's because I just haven't watched their tape enough. Um, in, in the case of some of the international guys, like I haven't watched them yet. I'm, I'm still getting to them. So, uh, things will change. You know, we're, we're not at, uh, the finish line with the draft we still have weeks to go so um there's going to be guys that that will definitely i'll get to and i'll move spots i'm sure but uh so if i missed your favorite player that could be why i'm sure albert is the same these are guys i think that we just did a good amount of film study on um and and that's why they ended up in the in the 30 so uh that's gonna do it for another episode of the draft act nba draft podcast albert Tell the people where they can find you on the internets. Um, on the internets, on the world wide web. Um, you know, make sure you uh, plug in everything you need to start up your dial up. Um, you'll find me at Alberto Gim, Toby in the T O E. Uh, Gim is G H I M. I I've been saying I've been workshopping a name and I just haven't. I've I've almost <laughs> given up at this point. I, I keep trying to think of something clever, and I'm like, dude, I'm just not that clever. I just like basketball. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to keep working on it, thinking about it, but yeah, I, and dude, before we go, you mentioned a couple guys, like we, we, you know, we didn't talk about like Rocco, right? Rocco per yeah, Roco. Roco. Um, it's, but it's a very Hey, popular guy. 
He is. He is. But one one dude that is maybe my favorite player in the draft now because he's just aesthetically so interesting to watch. That dude, um, that dude from Seton Hall, Mamu. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's like this huge guy, all tatted up, and he's just got this beautiful lefty stroke. Yeah. And he can like he can whip passes all over the court. And I'm like, it, are are you my favorite player of all time? Uh, I, I've just been amazed by him. So I did want to throw out throw that out there before we go. Yeah, he looks like a like a Fast and the Furious villain, like a like an Eastern European, like uh, if you've ever seen, like even uh, he literally looks like one of the, uh, like I don't know, I think they're in the Ukraine or something in, in the movie Triple X with Vin Diesel. Like he looks like one of those guys. Like you would just throw on like a big mink coat, like in one of those uh, like ice bars where everything is like below mm-hmm. freezing. Um, yeah, he looks like. He he looks like uh, Svi Mikhailuk on roids, <laughs> right? Kind of. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a badass motherfucker. Um, yeah, yeah, I gotta look. I I gotta watch more film on him too. That's you know he's uh, he's a guy that has certainly interesting skill sets uh, as well. So that's gonna do it. Uh, well, I didn't plug myself. Um, follow me on the internet on Twitter at the Hardwood Mag on Instagram at the Hardwood Mag. Uh, hit the YouTube channel banging stuff out left and right uh that's the hardwood herald uh subscribe share all that stuff uh rate the podcast and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't and if you left a review that would be the dopest so do that and uh let us know how you feel about the big board uh because we love talking hoops we love talking nba draft and um until next time guys we out peace